Hey guys, welcome back to the Allergic to Grace podcast. I'm Victoria. And I'm Whitney. We're so glad you joined in to listen today. Speaking of listening, um, if you can hear the lawn maintenance that's going on outside right now, I sincerely apologize, but just ignore it. Um, <laughs> so if you enjoy our show and want to hear more, please be sure to give us a follow wherever you get your podcasts. We would love to have you listen in to future episodes. Speaking of following along, we would like to give a huge shout out to username Nan Kazen on Apple Podcast. Thank you so much for such a sweet review. We are so happy that you enjoy our show and want to share it with all of your friends. Um, If you don't want to leave public reviews or questions on our public platforms, you can always email us at allergictograce at gmail.com. We would love to chat with you. Um, So did you have anything else, Whitney? I think that's good. Thanks, Nan Kazen. Nan Kazen, you're the bomb. We can see when people make comments or follow us. So we always like to see how many people have actually listened in. Um, Yeah, we want to hear from you. Yes. So In today's episode, we're going to be talking about Genesis chapters 39 through 41, but let's pick up where we left off last week um, in chapters 36 through 38. It starts with the descendants of Esau, where we see God keeping his promise to Isaac that he would make his sons into a great nation. Um, They are later renamed or known as the Edomites. Edomites? Edomites. Edomites. Yeah. Genesis then takes a shift towards the son of Jacob. Joseph. So we see Joseph and the the spoiled favorite child by him proclaiming his dreams to his brothers that he would one day rule them all. Um, Jacob gives Joseph a coat of many colors and Joseph wears it like a crown of favoritism, basically. Right. I like that analogy. Yes. Mind you, Jacob isn't hiding the fact that Joseph is his favorite from any of his other sons whatsoever. So naturally, his brothers are angry and jealous and plot to kill him. But instead, they throw him in a pit and end up selling him to some Ishmaelites who take him to Egypt. So 38 kind of shifts focus again to Judah, another son of Jacob, whose idea was to actually sell Joseph to the Edomites. No, the Ishmaelites. So after a lot of mistakes, he finally sees we're talking about Judah here, sees the error in his ways. And we discover an unlikely hero at the end of his story, which if you want to hear more about that, just go back and listen to last week's episode because it was a lot. Um, So yeah, jumping right in to chapter 39, we refocus back on Joseph, who, as we said before, is in Egypt. Yeah, he was. So his brother sold him to some basically traders that were passing through. Yeah. They ended up in Egypt and sold him as a servant to Potiphar. Potiphar. Potiphar? Potiphar. That's how, I don't know if that's correct, but that's how I've always heard it. Potiphar. Um, Yeah. And he is the captain of the Pharaoh's guard, basically. So a pretty high up guy in the Egyptian kingdom, yeah. basically. So I got dug down into a rabbit hole about who this Potiphar, Potiphar guy was. Um, <laughs> Potiphar, yeah, right. And so he, like when he said, he's a captain of the guard for the pharaoh. Yes. Um, he has a very high status. He's very wealthy, so he obviously could afford to purchase a servant. Yeah. Um, some scholars think that he was the, he was over the prison, and he could have possibly been the chief executioner so he was like in charge yes. of killing people yeah i read that also yeah all on the pharaoh's command yes what a job no thank you right so like what are the odds what are the chances that this guy finds joseph to buy him as a servant right like out of everybody in egypt mm-hmm. uh, anyway so that's a rhetorical question we're going to answer that later yes <laughs> So one of my favorite quotes from this entire chapter was the Lord was with Joseph and he became very successful. So at first, Joseph was only like a menial servant, like he probably worked for him in his field outside, um, but he quickly rose up through the ranks as becoming an indoor servant to his household. And then eventually he becomes this Potiphar's guy, right hand man, right? Yeah. Yeah, he essentially, you know, does such a good job managing and maintaining things. And eventually Potiphar puts him in charge of his household, essentially putting him in charge of 
the remainder of his servants and Mm -hmm. like the running of his every day to day at home. Yeah. I mean, he said he left all that he had in Joseph's charge. And because of him, he had no concern about anything but the food he ate. Yeah. So like everything else was decided for this guy, except for the food he put in his mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Because obviously he was the one that decided that. Yeah. But everything else was in Joseph's charge. Exactly. And I like, you know, at the beginning of this chapter in verse two, um, it's one of my favorite verses. And I just like that it's right at the beginning. Mm. It says, the Lord was with Joseph and he became a successful man and he was in the house of his Egyptian master. So the Lord is who made him successful. Mm -hmm. So it's pointed out yeah. so many times within the next few yeah. chapters yeah even by him himself like mm-hmm. even by joseph acknowledges that it's god that it's yeah. not him or yeah. anything or anybody else like it's god that's making him successful yes. so we see you know god taking we touched on this briefly in the last episode as well but god taking a, a bad thing that happened to him and turning it around well i mean yeah that but at the same time it was always his plan because if it wasn't for the fact that his brothers wanted to kill him that he was sold to these ishmaelites who were traveling that took him to egypt and he got put into this yep. like it's a whole chain of you events said it. Yep. so it was god's plan in the very very yep. very beginning the whole of time. All thing whole time the whole time so so anyway so the position that joseph held with this potiphar 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 guy. Um, it's a position of great honor and it indicates a close personal relationship between the two men. So when I read that, it's kind of like a friendship, but like he's your boss, like he's your right hand. It says the Hebrew word sharat used for Joseph's <laughs> Joseph's position is the same one used for Joshua's relationship to Moses. Oh. Oh, okay. So like okay. that's how close they, they were. were. Yeah. I mean, even think about it too. Like the person who's running your house and is in charge of everything basically like day to day, of course, he's going to have to have a close relationship with him because have to. he's going to A, know everything that goes on mm-hmm. and B, he's going to have to be in communication with him to let him know what's going on. Because again, like you said, he's still his technically his boss, his, I hate to say this word, but master. his master. Yeah. You know, so yeah, he has to tell him exactly what's happening and then all the communication that they're having. I'm sure that they built some type of relationship. Yeah, definitely. And I think that relationship also speaks to somewhat what happens in the next couple of verses. Yeah. Um, Joseph, well, you know, he moved up quickly and it was Potiphar who actually noticed that the Lord was with him. Um, Like it's not Joseph coming out and being like, the Lord is with me promote me please like that's not what's happening joseph is living such a life and he has such success that potiphar a pagan by the way because he's in egypt um notices that the lord is clearly with him so i feel like it feels a little familiar of a jacob and laban situation here right because he notices that Jacob, not Jacob, Joseph has such success. He moves him up quickly. He gives him and everything around him, like all of his household, yeah. basically. Yeah. And it prospers inside and outside the home. Kind of like Laban kept him around because he, Jacob was so pros, prosperous. 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 Yeah. Um, so I don't know, probably yeah. not in the same capacity. but No, but it's very, very similar. Very Absolutely. Similar. Yeah. I like that. I never made that notice that comparison before. Yeah. So I just had like a little inclining when I was reading this verses is, you know, we see the importance and the privilege of allowing God's grace and favor to shine through in our lives. Um, As in the way you carry yourself, the way you portray yourself to others and upholding God's commandments, allowing the fruitful obedience shine through in your everyday actions and interactions with others people even outside of your faith take notice in this very situation yes so he had to be outrightly faithful though right you would think so yeah because like how we we see later that he is so i'm sure that he was right yeah i i mean i wouldn't doubt it i mean like i said we see later that he's very very we see later that he's very clearly pointing out that it's God. It's not him. So mm-hmm. I don't see why he wouldn't point he, out God. Outwardly faithful yeah. and, and yeah. righteous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
something that I read about him moving up so quickly was the fact that, you know, while the Lord's presence with him is important and it's a driving key factor, Joseph was also a very hard worker. Like, yeah, I read that also. He didn't just skim by and let the Lord do everything. Like he was a very hard. Yeah. I also read that. Yeah. So that he did work hard. So also with the servantship in Potiphar's house, I think it was definitely preparing him for the future because at this point he was what, 17 when he was sold. Yeah. Right. So he didn't really have any experience with heading up a household, knowing how to ration things and, you know, keep stock of everything. So management basically. Yeah. So the life lesson in him being sold as a slave and him rising up through the ranks as a servant is whatever's whatever God's plan is for your life or whatever he has called you to do, he will make sure you are qualified for that specific thing that he has called you for. Yeah. And we could see that in the story of Joseph. Yep. 1000%. Mm-hmm, without a doubt. So moving on to the drama. Oh, yes. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. And after time, his master's wife cast her eyes on joseph and why are you said, talking like that <laughs> my goodness well lie I mean, with me yeah we remember joseph is the firstborn son of rachel, rachel right mm-hmm. and rachel was a beautiful woman right mm-hmm. like it, the bible points out that she was yes. very beautiful yeah so no wonder joseph but is Leo, nice looking Leah's eyes were weak but <laughs> rachel yes so Poor Leah. Of, of course joseph is gonna be handsome yeah like yeah, we and also, he's a laborer. We so. also know that Sarah was very good looking as well. Yep. Mm-hmm. Who would be what? His great grandmother? Great grandmother? Yeah, because Sarah Rebecca would have been Abraham. his grandmother. So Sarah would have been his great grandmother. Rebecca, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. Yes. Mm-hmm. You're right. I know. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so anyway. Um, yes. So anyway, Pot oh my goodness, Potiphar's wife. Uh, <laughs> that sounds like a hat. Potiphar is a ballet term. I think it means um. Oh gosh, not the chief executioner of ancient Egypt. No, let's 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 pull it back from my my dancing days. Um, never mind. I don't know. I'm done looking for it. <laughs> I can't find it. <laughs> anyway, so. What's his name? Potiphar. 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 Okay, yes. So P- Potiphar's wife um, noticed that Joseph was handsome in appearance. And he she cast her eyes upon him as in like started looking at him sexually. Yeah, she was lusting after him. Lusting after him. Thank you. That's the appropriate terminology that I was looking for. <laughs> so Potiphar's wife realized that Joseph was handsome in appearance and she started lusting after him and basically chasing him down and trying to seduce him yeah that's exactly what she did Potiphar's wife and you know she first came to him and was like what did he say what did she say hold on let me read it lie with me lie with me hold on what's the where's the verse oh now joseph was handsome in form and appearance and after a time his master's wife cast her eyes on joseph on joseph and said lie with me but he refused and said to his master's wife behold because of me and my master has no concern about anything in the house and has put everything he has in my charge he is not greater in this house than i am nor has he kept back anything from me except you because you are his wife then how then can i do this great wickedness and sin against god so he first points out the fact that his master, Potiphar, has done him a great service of taking him in, excelling him to the place where he's at. He has it made basically right now as a servant in his household. Yeah, that they have a mutual trusting relationship. Yes. And then he goes, why would I sleep with you? Number one, I don't want to ruin what I got. And number two, it's a great wickedness and a sin against God. Yeah. You yep. adultering. Don't do it. Woman. And so basically she starts hounding him about it, like trying, it literally says, 
And as she spoke to Joseph day after day, would not listen to her to lie beside her or to be with her. So speak like you have to see this woman every single day of your life because you work in the house, right? I was going to say, think about the amount of time that they're having to spend together. Mm. Lie with me. Lie with me. Yeah. Temptation so, I mean, every she's, turn. Yeah. And think, I mean, it probably was not easy for Joseph. Oh, sure not. You know? I mean, because at this point, if you think about it, we don't really know how much time has passed uh-huh. in him being a servant in this house. Um, but later we find out that he's around 30 years old, right? Yeah. Um. So he's hasn't he's a virgin like he hasn't been married you know Correct. so i'm sure it was a great deal of trouble yeah, for him to go through I, absolutely but he kept his god's commandments yep. in mind and he also yep. kept in mind his master's friendship and trust that they they had together yeah um so <laughs> after hounding him day after day um she caught him by his garment. Like he was out doing his normal work in the house. And basically she rips his clothes off of well, him. Yeah. And she waits until there's nobody else around to do it. Of course. So there's no witnesses. It's just her and him. Yep. So I was really curious about the clothes <laughs> because when I first read this, I was like, oh, he like ran. He ripped his clothes off and he ran butt naked away from this woman to not <laughs> sleep with her. But that's not the case. Like, obviously, that's not the case. It says Joseph would have been wearing the typical garments of the day, a long sleeve shirt and shorts that come down to the mid calf shorts. OK, for him to flee and leave these behind would mean Joseph engaged in a forceful struggle with the woman to escape. Since the clothes could not normally be removed so quickly, Joseph is honorable and would rather leave a valued piece of clothing behind than to sin against the Lord. His flight from evil is a response all believers do well to imitate. So I'm sure he had on something underneath his shorts, capris, because that's all they were. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, his skivvies. His skivvies. He ran from this woman in in his his underwear. Like... To not sleep with her. So she obviously was cunning in the fact that she did this when nobody else was around. Um, So there were no witnesses. There was no witnesses. And as soon as he fled, she said, and as soon as she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and had fled out of the house, she called to the men of her household and said to them, see, he has brought among us a Hebrew to laugh at us. He came in to me to lie with me. And I cried out with a loud voice. And as soon as he heard that, I lifted up my voice and cried out. He left his garment beside me and fled and got out of the house. Then she laid up his garment by her until his master came home and she told him the same story saying the Hebrew servant whom you've brought among us came in to me to laugh at me. But as soon as I lifted up my voice and cried, he left his garment beside me and fled out the door. So she's bold face lying. Yeah. And I'm wondering in just hearing you read that the way she phrases it, like um, he has brought a Hebrew among us to laugh at us. Mm-hmm to laugh at us so it's making me wonder if the other people that worked in the house didn't also have problems with joseph maybe not necessarily because you know he did or said anything but a because i mean obviously the fact that he's a hebrew is a problem to them well yeah and then also think about like he came in and how fast he rose Mm -hmm. in the house so of course you know they're gonna support whatever she says Mm -hmm. yep and you know like Two, why would she lie? I'm sure she felt foolish and embarrassed and... No, I'm not going to bat for her, but like, I'm sure that's what they were thinking. Like, why would she lie? Oh, yeah. I thought you were asking. Like, he's yeah. a man. He overtook her. Why would she lie? Right? And we don't like him anyway, so... Yes, she's right. You know, whatever. But it says, um, she appeals to the basic instincts of the other servants and emphasizes Joseph's foreign heritage to cast him out as an outsider Mm -hmm. and a threat to the household. Yeah. I just can't get over the fact that she outright lies. Big time. Like this is the stuff you see happening in Hollywood movies, but Mm -hmm. please remember that this is real life. Like this happened. So Potiphar upon hearing this obviously is angry and he sends Joseph off to prison. Yep. So normally a 
you know, transgression such as this would be cause for death. Like you would be put to death oh, because good. of his status yep. and his wife's status as his wife. That makes you know? sense. Um, but the fact that he just sent him off to prison makes me think that what his wife, he thought what his wife was saying wasn't true. That, you know, that maybe he didn't believe what his wife was saying, mm-hmm. but also too, he had a very close relationship with Joseph. Yeah. So he wanted to protect him, I'm sure. Well, too, like he knew he was an outwardly faithful servant to God, the father. Yeah. So like, why would he lie? Why would he cause like, why would he do such a big sin against God knowing that he was a faithful man? Like, you know? Yeah. And maybe he talked to him and Jophus and words, (laughs) Jophus. Words are hard. (laughs) Maybe he talked to Joseph and Joseph told him the truth and he believed him. But he also he had to do nothing. Yeah. Yeah. He had to stand by what his wife and the other servants were telling him. Yeah. But I also thought it was interesting that he put him with the king's prisoners. Yeah. Not, Not just like in a normal cell. Yeah. And, you know, we'll talk about this in a little bit. But I think that the prison that he was at was like connected somehow to Potiphar's house. So like he didn't go far. But he was kept bound in a jail cell with other prisoners. Yeah. And I'm sure, too, it was because, A, because Potiphar didn't want to, you know, kill him or execute Mm -hmm. him. But also, too, then Potiphar could kind of maybe keep a a protective eye over him. Yeah, maybe. Because, you know, again, even if he didn't believe what his wife was saying, or even if he did, like, they had a very close relationship. Can you Mm -hmm. imagine how hard that would have been? You know, because he essentially, like, Joseph grew up there. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. So I just wanted to point out that God made sure that he ended up in the right place. Always does. You know, he was faithful. He resisted his temptation that was brought to him, his yep. transgressions. Um, but his reward was not immediate. Like, no. His faithfulness in this instance and in a lot of instances actually often brings persecution. Yeah. So like he had to keep his faith in the midst of this persecution. Yes. But he was ultimately in the place where God wanted him to be. Yeah, because what makes faith grow? What makes faith stronger? Time. Time. Waiting. So Yes. Joseph is thrown in prison. Yep. And he's put in charge of all the prisoners. Yep. Right? He is. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. The keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. Yes. Anyway, that was the end of chapter 39. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that was only one chapter. Yes. So, in chapter 40, um, we see Joseph is is still in jail, mm-hmm. or still in prison, um, and two of uh, Pharaoh's court, courtsmen's people who servants. work for him, servants, chief surgeons, ser- yeah, ser- are, are thrown into jail with him. Um, we don't know exactly what their offenses were, nope. but Pharaoh was like, nope. Let's ponder for a second. <laughs> Let's ponder. Let's ponder. We're pondering on what? On what their offenses could have been. So it was his chief cup holder. Mm -hmm. No, that's not right. Cup bear. Cup bear. Yeah. Cup holder. (laughs) (laughs) His chief cup bearer. And his chief baker. Baker. So I'm thinking that they tried to poison him. No, I don't think so because why wouldn't why wouldn't he have killed also the cup bear? I don't know. I'm just saying, like, I'm like, it's a very here. much so a possibility, but who knows? I mean, they could have even just said something that made him mad or appeared wrong, you know, not because shaven. Yeah, because the cupbearer and the pharaoh, because of the position of the cupbearer, it sounds very honestly, it sounds silly, right? You're holding so, a cup for the pharaoh, right? Well, I looked into it because I was okay. like, what exactly is this? Because this must be a big deal. Yes, the fact explain. that we're referring to this as a t- as a title as a thing. Yeah, yeah, because my immediate thought is cup holder, like <laughs> yes, standing beside him. Oh, sir, would you like a would drink? Would you like some more? <laughs> <laughs> so I looked it up, and basically, the cupbearer 
was in charge of serving the pharaoh yep um and the i don't know is the word royal or his immediate whatever's family yeah and like if he like held a banquet or whatever mm-hmm. um he was like the, the closest people butler. to him kind of no but chief because server. but because in that time you know he was the pharaoh people would also try to poison him so it is also the cupbearer's job to make sure that it was safe for him to eat whatever he was given mm. so oftentimes the cupbearer would have to drink the wine first or eat the food first to make sure that it wasn't poisoned so dang i'm sure they a, went through a lot of cupbearers yeah <laughs> yeah that's i mean because if you're a cupbearer you you run the risk of being poisoned and, and dying wow so and because of you know how how close they were Mm -hmm. they had a very trusting relationship in each other Mm -hmm. and this is going to play a key role later when we get further in um but he also would have held a lot of trust and would have had a good relationship and had some power within pharaoh's court as well okay that makes sense and then the chief baker, I'm assuming, is like the head chef. Yeah, that's what I thought of. I honestly didn't look I read it up, somewhere, some. I read something somewhere, I don't remember where it was, that the chiefs of the those two things, like, they had people under them. And sometimes that if they didn't keep their people in check, they could be held accountable for their transgressions. Yeah. So it could have been, too, that the people under them did something, something and they and were they were held for. accountable for it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. So... so. So they're in jail now with Joseph. Yeah. And I want to point out this verse. It says in the custody, no, in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, which is Potiphar Mm -hmm. in the prison where Joseph was confined. Yes. Like that's what makes me think that Potiphar's house is in or somewhere near the prison. Yeah. Or it's the prison that Potiphar oversees that like, yeah, he's the chief of all the executioners, but I'm sure he's also in charge of other things as well. So this may have been a prison that he was in charge of running. You know, when they say his house, I'm thinking his liberal, like literal living space. No, but it could be like, I think his it's his things, his kin, like his house, like, or like his oh, things, his like house. what he oversees. Yeah. 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 Okay. Like his house, like, you keep saying his house. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to explain it. I'm not going to go into his servants and stuff, maybe that are overseeing his specific prisons that he has. Yeah. Or like anybody in his house would be anybody that's like associated with him mm-hmm. or reports to him. Yeah, so like that's servants. what I'm saying. Like, okay. it's probably a prison that he oversees yeah. to some extent. Same. So this is what, let me read it verbatim. Where is it? Um, Verse three. Okay. And he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard appointed Joseph to be with them and he attended them. They continued for some time in custody. So they're in a prison and yep. Joseph is basically their servant. Yeah, because think again. There's still hierarchy in the prison. Yeah, again, like think about how important that role of the cupbearer was that I just explained. Yeah. So of course... a. Uh, Hebrew, and the only reason I point that out is because I keep feeling the need to point the fact out that he's a Hebrew. A Hebrew who came from nothing and was a servant is in there versus um, the cupbearer and the chief baker. So, mm-hmm. of course, they're going to have, you know, mm-hmm. while this was, yeah, it was a prison, but I read somewhere that it really was not like a prison in the sense that we're thinking of it. They're basically detained, retained, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But he was bound. Like I read in a lot of different places that he was constantly chained. That's annoying. Yeah. Um, when he wasn't serving, like he had to be chained when he wasn't serving. Yeah. Um, speaking of Hebrews. Yes. So how did they know he was a Hebrew? I'm sure you could tell by looking at him. Remember, because they even knew that Abraham was a Hebrew. And that's like a type of people. It's not a sign of like the Abrahamic, Abrahamic. No, it's a, it's a race. Abrahamic covenant. No, it's a race. Okay. Because I was like, maybe he didn't have a skivvies. <laughs> no. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say it. The foreskin. The foreskin. Um, <laughs> no, I think it's because the, you could look at him and physically tell he just, I, whether that means his skin tone or facial features or yeah. what have you like yeah. he, you know how mm-hmm. 
it was you it's know. a race of people. Yeah. Okay. You know? Yeah. So anyway, back to our story. <laughs> um, both of these guys, the Pharaoh's chief people, um, both dream two separate dreams. So the first one, oh my goodness, let's not say. So the cupbearer had a dream and he said, in my dream, there was a vine before me and on the vine, there were three branches. As soon as it budded and blossoms short forth, what? Shot. It's blossom shot forth and the clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. Right. That was his dream. He yes. had a dream about a vine that had three branches. It budded, it flowered, it produced fruit. He squeezed the fruit into the Pharaoh's cup and gave the cup to Pharaoh. Yes. Okay? Yes. Now let's listen to the chief baker's dream. Where is it? Okay. He said, I also had a dream. There were three cake baskets on my head. And in the uppermost basket, there were all sorts of baked foods for Pharaoh. But the birds were eating out of the basket on my head. Okay. You know, you can look at this in a lot of different ways. But I saw a parallel between these two dreams Uh and Christ's sacrifice for us on the cross. Mm -hmm. Did you see that? I sure did. Sure did. So let's explain a little bit. How did you see it? Well, I guess the biggest thing that I was thinking of was the vine. And maybe that's because we just talked about it so much over the weekend, Mm -hmm. you know, but the fact that there are three branches, God, the father, God, the son, the Holy spirit, Mm -hmm. right? One for each. Um, And then how it's growing, it's producing and eventually produces fruit. Mm -hmm. And then the fruit is used for a purpose. So the way I saw it, um, it's it's talking about the uh, road to salvation. So Jesus himself said, I am the vine, right? Mm-hmm. And John. Yes. And ultimately, we are the fruit abiding in Jesus. But the grapes, I feel like the budding and the blossoming of everything is talking about his journey from childhood into his ministry. The grapes, the fruit of his work is mm-hmm. taking off the vine, bled, and given to the to the people. Yes. That was so good. So it's like Christ's yep. sacrifice yes. on the cross. It's his blood. Yep. That is what yeah. we're looking at here. Whereas the baker, we see the complete opposite road for t- to salvation. Mm-hmm. The baker has his many baskets of many cakes that he made, abiding only in his works. On his head, he's only trusting in his intelligence and his works. Yep. And... We'll see soon. That doesn't work out so much nope. for him. <clears throat> sure so, does not. In both of those, I definitely see the parallel, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So they both have these dreams and they don't know what they mean. No. Um, so I was, I knew this was a thing, but I didn't know it was a thing that they had like dream interpreters. Like that was a job. Yeah. So Joseph kind of takes on that role in the prison with yeah. these two people. Yeah, he sees that they're upset. He sees that they're, I do believe the word that is used, I can't find it exactly, but I think he sees that they're downcast. And he's Why like, are your faces downcast yeah, today? Yo, what up? Like, what's what's wrong? And keep in mind, it says that they were in custody for some time. So yeah. Joseph, having also being in prison, serving them, I'm sure he has come to know them and can mm-hmm. tell when they're upset. Yeah. So they say, well, we have these dreams. We don't really know what they mean. And and then Joseph says, he says, do not interpretations belong to God. Please tell them to me. As in, I am with God. God is with me. Tell me your dreams and maybe he'll let me interpret them for you. Yeah. So I kind of want to talk about the whole dream interpretation thing, sure. because this is not the first time we're seeing this, right? Nope. And, and the way he interprets them, and I'm like... I never would have, no, Mm-mm. never would have been able to pull that. So I do, I think that dream interpreting was maybe, you know, how we have um, spiritual gifts. Everybody's given a spiritual gift, you know, even yeah. now. Um, dream interpretation maybe is is one of those gifts and God has to give you that gift. Yeah. That, that part I did research and I did look up that, Dream interpretation is a gift given to you by God. Of course. And Joseph obviously has this gift we're seeing now, but we also saw 
like we talked about in the last episode, his, his own dreams. Mm-hmm. So he knows that God gives him the ability to interpret these dreams. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't, you know, uncommon or anything like that. And so, this wasn't his first time. He wasn't like, oh, let me give me my, like, let me give it my best shot. Like, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he interprets the cupbearer's dream. Um, and remember, this is the one about the vine. The vine and the fruit and the grapes. Yes. And all of that. Mm-hmm. He said, this is its interpretation. The three branches are three days. In three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your office. And you shall place Pharaoh's cup in his hand as formerly when you were his cupbearer. Only remember me when it is well with you. And please do me the kindness to mention me to Pharaoh. And so get me out of this house of imprisonment. Oh, yeah. For I was indeed stolen out of the land of the Hebrews, and here I also have done nothing that they should put me into the pit. So he's just interpreted the Krupper's dream, and it's very favorable for him. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds good. Like, hey, he's going home. Yep. Um, He did, you know, two interesting things, I think, with this interpretation. He evidently, evidently had the confidence that he had given him the right interpretation of his dream or else he probably wouldn't have asked him to stick a snack out for him don't you think yeah well and we know that is the correct interpretation because it's from god god told him what the dream meant so yeah yeah, of course it's correct of course um secondly his for i was indeed stolen out of the land of the hebrews and here i have also done nothing that they should put me into the pit he doesn't rehash the crimes of his brothers. Yep. He doesn't rehash the crime of Potiphar's wife. He's just like, yeah, I'm here. Unfortunately, like I don't deserve to be here, but I'm here. Yep. So he's like, I'm innocent. Please remember me when you, all is well with you and Pharaoh, that you may mention him to me, like me to him <coughs> and that he may rescue me out of this imprisonment. Yeah. Because remember that, the cupbearer and Pharaoh have a very close relationship and the cupbearer would have held a very high trusting place within mm-hmm. Pharaoh's court. Yes. And Joseph knows this. So he would know that the cupbearer would be able to go to bat for him. This is where I was saying that I read something interesting. So he does not simply sit around waiting for one of the guards to come set him free. He no. seizes the opportunity to talk to one of the higher ranking people in Pharaoh's court to say, hey, Put in a good word with me for Pharaoh. Joseph Um, is very, 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 very smart. Obviously. He is very smart. And this is just, we'll get to another example a little bit further, but this is just one example of his genius. Mm -hmm. Yep. So that was the interpretation of the cupbearer. The cupbearer. And the vine. And the vine, the the one about the cakes and the heads, um, he says, this is your interpretation. The three baskets are three days. In three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head from you and hang you on a tree. The birds will eat your flesh from you. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> right? Like, oh, good. Just the, the, the sure, aud- not audacity, but like he said that to somebody. Yeah. Straight faced. I was like, this is your dream. Um, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> the, the lift up your head. Lift from up, you right the lift up your head he said in the first one as in he's going to restore you to your yep you know your position your title or whatever and, and then and this one he is going to lift your head from your shoulders yeah you're gonna die. yeah yeah and i think that just goes to show to speak to joseph's character too well it says a couple things about him because yeah. number one he could have very easily lied to that man yeah he could have he very easily could have lied to that man but number one he knew the interpretation was from god Mm-hmm. And number two, he also wanted the cupbearer to see that what he said was true Yeah. in both cases, that both of those things in the next three days are going to come to fruition. So three days. Imagine getting that. No, thank for you. For that guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I hope you know Jesus Christ. No, I'm just kidding. I hope you know God. <laughs> <laughs> hope you're righteous. Seriously. Down to what was that? Shalot? 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 remember we talked about yes. it's like s-h-e anyway sheila, sheila? Sh- no that was the guy that was a guy are you sure yeah sheila, sheila is somebody's name yeah anyway so on the third it. day on the third day from when the joseph gave the interpretations of these dreams which was pharaoh's birthday bt dubs 
he made a feast for all of his servants and lifted up the head of the cupbearer and the head of the chief baker among his servants. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position and placed the cup and he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. But Sheol. What? Sheol. Oh, yes. But he hanged the, the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted to them. And then this is the end of 40. Mm-hmm. Yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. So, Rude. The, yeah, the cupbearer did not speak to Pharaoh about Joseph at this point in time. But there's probably a reason for that. Yep. Everything happens for a reason. That's he was right. meant to stay in prison and for what, as long as he was there. What builds faith? What strengthens faith? Time. Exactly. So after and i quote two whole years whole years whole years two whole years is that the first time we're hearing two whole years in the bible like uh, whole yeah like how we talk so. yeah whole years whole years crazy pharaoh dreamed he has dreams pharaoh dreamed he was standing by the nile um and behold there came up Let's let's read it verbatim because I don't want to try to mm-hmm. interpret. Do it. There came up out of the Nile seven cows, attractive and plump. <laughs> they fed in the grass. They fe- they. <laughs> can I pee? Can you pause this? Yes. So I can pee and then oh my pick goodness. Up with dreams. Okay. So after two whole years, Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing by the Nile, and behold, there came up out of the Nile seven cows, attractive and plump, and they fed in the reed grass, and behold, seven other cows, ugly and thin, came up out of the Nile after them, and stood by the other cows on the bank of the Nile, and the ugly thin cows ate up the seven attractive plump cows, and Pharaoh awoke. That was his first dream. His second dream, he fell asleep. And dreamed a second time, and behold, seven ears of grain, plump and good, were growing on one stalk. And behold, after them sprouted seven ears, thin and blighted. Is that the word? Uh-huh. By the east wind. And the thin ears swallowed up the seven plump, full ears, and Pharaoh awoke, and behold, it was a dream. So naturally, after having basically the same dream twice, he was very troubled His by this because he was had troubled. no idea what it meant. Absolutely no idea. Right. I mean, can you imagine you just had a dream about cows eating each other? That's weird. No thanks. Right? And like we like was it like? Do you think it was like graphic eating, or do you think it was like cartoon gulp? I don't. I don't know. Like wool, you know how like a wolf or a predator would eat something? How did people dream back then? <laughs> you know, like did yeah. they dream like we dream? Because I dream sometimes I'm driving in a car and I'm going up over a really long bridge that never ends. Joseph. <laughs> Joseph. Is that a car? <laughs> that, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Anyway. Um, so he sent for, he called I, for. I love who he calls for. All the magicians. Yeah. <laughs> Hooga, hooga. <laughs> <laughs> the magicians of egypt um and all its wise men oh now you see it you know i had now a question about don't. this because it said all the wise men there were three wise men who was sent to jesus it, they were kings those wise men were kings they, i don't i think it was a different kind of different wise man. okay yeah i think we're in this wise men to me anyway i don't know this is correct but i'm thinking in the sense of Oh, what is the word? They had them like further up in time too. It wasn't like a... Like a philosopher? Kind of, but like... Oh my goodness, what was the word? Is the word mage? Something? I'm not talking about mange. No, you said mage. Yeah. You're thinking of the the witcher. But it's... Similar. Something like that. Like it's somebody who practices witchcraft... Witchcraft. witchcraft i think it's a mage and I think that's what they called it in that show but that could be completely incorrect yeah i don't but like a magician and basically wizard the pagan version of yeah i mean something Seriously. like that um not so, wise in a sense it's kind of ironic that they're called wise men don't you think because they weren't wise no obviously we're about to see why so Tell none us. of them could interpret Pharaoh's dream after he told them his dreams. Um, and two, I do think this obviously had God's hand in it because, you know, these men, these were their jobs. Um, and I'm sure they were okay at it. 
prior, but um, God probably kept them from interpreting Pharaoh's dreams because he needed to go to Joseph. Well, and think about interpreting dream was was a gift that God gave to people. So if you didn't follow God, why would he give you that gift? Like, why would he allow you, like you're saying, Mm -hmm. to be able to correctly interpret a dream? I mean, if they were, you know, idol worshipers and pagans... They could have just been making stuff up and Pharaoh's just going along with it in the past. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway. So this is when the chief cupbearer comes back and he's like, oh, yeah, I had a dream in prison. And this guy named Joseph was really helpful. He accurately predicted exactly what was going to happen. Yep. Go figure. You should go talk to him. Um, So he does. Yeah. He basically recounted what happened with the chief baker and the cup holder yeah <laughs> cup bearer <laughs> i didn't even notice you said it <laughs> so bad um so he went and called joseph and they quickly brought him out of the pit i'm wondering if that was like a literal pit or if it was just like no the prison cell where i think they're calling it a pit to reference also what happened previously when he was true, pulled out of the pit true true at least that's the parallel that i have made and also which is why he called it the pit Yes. In the previous chapter. Yeah. Anyway. So he got himself all shaved and dressed um, and he came before the Pharaoh and Pharaoh told him his dream, basically, and Joseph interpreted it. Let's see what it says. Joseph answered Pharaoh, it is not in me. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, behold, in my dream, blah, 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 the cows, the, the wheat, and all of that stuff. And he says to Pharaoh, Joseph says to Pharaoh, the dreams of Pharaoh are one. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years and the seven good ears are seven years. The dreams are one. The seven lean and ugly cows that came up after them are seven years. And the seven empty ears blighted by the east wind are also seven years of famine. It is as I told Pharaoh, God has shown to Pharaoh what he is about to do. There will come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt, but after them there will arise seven years of famine, and all the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt. The famine will consume the land, and the plenty will be unknown in the land by the reason of the famine that will follow, for it will be very severe. And the doubling of Pharaoh's dream means that The thing is fixed by God, and God will shortly bring it about. So he interpreted his dream, and then he told him what he needed to do. Yes. So I think his interpretation of his dream accurately came directly from God. Of course it did. His, his, uh, not opinion, but like him telling him what he needed to do afterwards. His solution. His solution came from his experience as a household person exactly like yeah stuff. yes yeah so he this is what he tells him to do he says now the now therefore let pharaoh select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of egypt let pharaoh proceed to appoint overseers over the land and take one-fifth of the produce of the land of egypt during the seven plentiful years and let them gather all the food of these good years that are coming and stored up grain under the authority of pharaoh for the good for the food in the cities and let them keep it that food shall serve, shall be a reserve for the land against the seven years of famine that are going to occur in the land of Egypt, so that the land may not perish through the famine. He's basically saying, hey, you're going to have seven great years of harvest. Save it, a portion of it, up for the famine that you know is coming seven years after that. So we just saw, you know, Joseph interpret the dreams. Joseph is recommending to Pharaoh what he should do. Notice how Joseph doesn't say, appoint me. I can oversee. Me, me, la, 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 la. This is like the exact opposite <laughs> yeah. of what he did to his brothers when he interpreted his dream to them. Mm-hmm. Basically, he's now humbled. He's just one saying... One who humbles himself will be exalted. And one who exalts himself will be humbled. That's right. That is Luke 14 verse 11 look at you that could be completely wrong i don't remember i know it's in luke (laughs) i was like oh yeah (laughs) anyway so after all this pharaoh is like okay 
can we find a man like this and whom is the spirit of God? And then obviously, because Joseph was able to interpret these dreams, because he interpreted the cupbearer and the chief baker's dreams correctly, gives him credibility. And because the cupbearer went to bat for him, it took him two whole years. Yeah. But he did it. Joseph has credibility. So. And I like the fact that Pharaoh said, let's find somebody who is in the spirit of God. And Joseph just told him that it wasn't him that told him what his dreams meant. It was God yep. that told him what exactly. his dreams meant. So, so it he's was obviously off- in the exactly. spirit of God. Exactly. So he appoints Joseph. Yep. And so Joseph essentially becomes number two over all of Egypt. Yes. Number two in charge, not number two is in poop. It's <laughs> it's said, hold on one second. Where, where is it? <sighs> Only as regards to the throne, I will be greater than you. That was Pharaoh talking to Joseph. He was like, only because I can sit on the throne as Pharaoh is why I'm over you. But you yeah. are the next person. Yeah. So Pharaoh takes his ring, gives it to Joseph, gives him really nice clothes, cleans him up. Puts him in a second chariot. That's why I'm, he's a number like number two guy. He's bow down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bend the knee. Yep. That's literally says bow mm-hmm. the knee mm-hmm. because he's in charge. Yep. Potiphar. He's going to save everybody. Wife. So they give him a wife. Who they is do. it? What's her name? What's her name? Zeph- no. Asenath. A- 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 Asenath. A- the a- daughter of Potiphar, priest of On, which is different, Potiphar. Yeah. Potiphar. Different. Different person. It's a Potiphar, not a Potiphar. Yeah. Um, the priest of On. So yes. So he gets married, has he has two sons. He was 30 years old when he entered to the service of the Pharaoh. So there's so 13 years because he yeah. was 17, mm-hmm. 13 years. He worked as a servant. He went he from the bottom. Slave. He went literally from the bottom of a pit. 13 years. To being in charge of Everything. all of Egypt. All of Egypt. God is with you. Who can stand against you? Right? Like... I will Clearly. make you the father of many nations. Seriously. Like, yep. So, um, um, he gets married. He has two sons. Yes. Um, I would like to go over what he names his sons just because I like what they mean. He says the Joseph called the name of his firstborn Manasseh for he said, God has made me forget all my hardship and all my father's house. And then he has a second son named, I'm going to mispronounce his name as well, Ephraim, for God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. Yes. I like that. And he obviously, like we've talked about in previous episodes, what the power of a name was and the the power of who gave the name. The fact that he is naming his two sons sons like who will carry on his name and everything not after god but he's acknowledging what god did for him Mm -hmm. and naming his sons i think says a lot yeah the first one means to forget forget the second one means to be fruitful right yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so so he did what he told pharaoh that he should have done and he went through the land and saved up um like a fifth yeah i think it comes out to like 20 percent. so i kind of want to talk about famine and joseph's plan here a little bit i talked about how smart he was let me just as we're getting into towards the end of 41 the famine yeah Mm -hmm. the famine so famine was not uncommon then Mm -hmm. um but now we don't really think about it you know food supply chains are kind of like a an afterthought for us like now when you go to the grocery store you don't think about the grain that had to be grown to make your cereal Mm -hmm. or the farming that had to be done to produce your beef you know that kind of thing Mm -hmm. um so i guess when i was younger you know i've heard this story multiple times but it didn't like the gravity of it and like how terrible famine really was didn't really strike me until i did a little bit more research into it here recently Mm -hmm. um And God actually used famine. Um, he could use it as a as a just as a just judgment. I believe so he, that. So he could use it as a I hate to say a punishment, but you judgment. know, yeah, to get his people's attention. And what better way to get them to get their attention than to starve them? Now, 
That's terrible. But yeah. <laughs> Seriously, though. Seriously. Because I what mean, do you... there's been two that we know of yeah. that have happened so mm-hmm. far in Genesis. Yes. Now, I was reading in um, God Answers, and this famine, you know, they don't think is linked to any particular people or punishment ever because it was yeah. over a vast area. Yeah. Um, Which we'll see how vast and how far away it goes next episode. What well, was part of God's plan? And so, yes. To so, um, Joseph. Keep in mind, too, also an interesting note that I had. The ground didn't produce the way that it originally did before the fall. Mm-hmm. So the amount of work and stuff that has to be done. So as we're getting further and further away from the fall, it's getting, you know, what's the word? De-evolution. Yeah. We're, it's getting harder and harder and harder, much like the ages and how long people are living is getting shorter and shorter and shorter. Mm-hmm. It's getting more difficult to produce. So just that's a little bit about famine. Now, <laughs> This is where I'm going to be jumping ahead a little bit, but I just, I need to talk about Joseph's genius here, Mm -hmm. right? So they store up 20% of everything yeah, from every yield. Mm -hmm. And you know what they do? They sell it back to them. Mm -hmm. They sell it back to them. First, they buy it with their money. Okay, fine. Then they buy it with their livestock. Okay, fine. Then they buy it with their land. No, okay. And then they buy it with themselves. So now, by the end of this famine, Pharaoh has all the money. He has crazy amounts of livestock. He now owns the land and the people. What? So Joseph... And that's just, that's not just that. in Egypt. That's not just in Egypt. That's what either. I'm saying is we're going to see how vast, mm-hmm. like. People came to Joseph to purchase food because there was nothing else anywhere else. Yeah. And if you're out of money, what else do you have other than to give yourself? Yeah. Or what you own. Yeah. So now he's grown his kingdom. Like. So I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, he stored up the food and he's going to sell it back to them. Yeah, but at the amount of stuff that he they had to give the pharaoh, you know what I mean? Because you eventually you run out of money. Yeah. And so through this, all the land, like he ultimately owned everything. Famine was severe all over the earth, is what it says. So, yeah. The last verse. Yeah. I just thought that was interesting. And I guess I never really knew that either until I I looked into it further. But like Joseph made the Pharaoh very, very rich man. Yeah. So, and so I think that brings us to the end of 41. Yeah, I think so. He puts Joseph in charge. (laughs) He literally told everybody that came to him. He was like, go to Joseph. He he knows what to do. Yeah. He'll tell you what to do because (laughs) like, He's, he's, Pharaoh's like, I mean, he's the Pharaoh, but the guy who's doing all the work is Joseph. Mm -hmm. So, of course, if somebody comes and asks Pharaoh, he's, "Mm, I don't know. Go talk to Joseph. I'm not doing it. I'm just, I just, I'm just here. What he says, you do. Yeah. (laughs) That's exactly what he says. Go to Joseph. What he says to you, do, 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 do it. Do it now. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. That's the end of 41. So things are getting interesting. Not that they ever weren't. We're like so close to the end of Genesis. And I can't even believe we're like, what is this? Our 12th episode now? Yeah. What in the world? No, I can't. Craziness. (laughs) That's three months worth of episodes. That's That's crazy. crazy. Okay. And our favorite verse was chapter 41, verse 16. Joseph answered Pharaoh. It is not in me. God will give pharaoh a favorable answer yes and this was like almost the last time that he told he had to tell somebody that it wasn't him that was calling the shots it was god so yes we see all throughout joseph's journey from being betrayed by his brothers to coming second in command in egypt god is there with him always He's the one who made him successful. Yes. So on the next episode, we will be discussing Genesis chapters 42 through 44. 
Um, and that will be up next Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. We hope you've enjoyed the time we've spent in God's Word, and we hope to see you next time. Thanks for listening.